Welcome to the XY Advisor podcast. To join a global community of financial advisors sharing and learning with one another to drive the positive evolution of financial advice, head to xyadvisor.com. Antoinette Mullins. It is so great to have you on the XY podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. And in the studio, what do you think? I love it. I absolutely adore it. I think your office is phenomenal. Your coffee is delicious. And the company, as always, is perfect. (laughs) Maybe the company is a little questionable, but (laughs) the coffee was great. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. So you and I have been chatting. We've been in touch quite a bit Hmm. on the XY platform through messaging and commenting. Um, And this is the first time we've actually met in real life, which is fantastic. I love it. Um, But I've also been avidly following your journey, I suppose, uh, from the sidelines, I guess. So I've, uh, you know, spent a bit of time on your LinkedIn and your website a little bit of stalking, but it's definitely been with I a love purpose. That you're a fangirl. <laughs> I am. I am. I genuinely love to keep up to date with yeah. what XYs are doing, what's happening mm. in their world. Um, it's it is. It's fascinating. I do love it. Mm. So, with that said, I have done a little bit of stalking, and I, I've learned a couple of things or, about you. Um, so, one thing I am curious about, and I would love for you if there's something you can share with me yeah. and XY listeners. Something that maybe we wouldn't be able to Google about you. Ooh, good one. So there's actually quite a few things out there that I love sharing about myself. I think as as people, we learn from each other and, and our story. So I share a lot about me, even in my blogs and um, newsletters and my my presentations. I, I tend to tell people stories of my own experiences. So I'm, there's not quite a lot of information out there that that you can't google but maybe one thing i took ice skating lessons when i was a teenager um and i wasn't quite you know nancy kerrigan or tonya Tonya harding Harding. (laughs) this is probably more tonya harding than nancy (laughs) (laughs) um but i i i was i was getting pretty good um i i might might be in the front row of disney disney ice capades but um I, i wouldn't make the olympics anytime soon but yeah right now i'm not an ice skater anymore <laughs> i think my graceful period i peaked in you my peaked? teens well, did i you, peaked did you quit while you're quit while I, you're on top i quit i quit at the top absolutely so let me put i, I came third in a few competitions let me put that third i feel like i need to justify yeah, myself yeah. there the people who came first and second were 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 dedicated ice skaters mm-hmm. who ice skated every single day of their lives wow. they were the tonya hardings yeah nancy kerrigan's yeah. um and then I was the, the beginner um, and I came third. So for me, that was actually a first place because it was the first from the people who only ice skated once a week, wow. who didn't own ice skates herself, who hired the ice skates, you know, so I, I was very proud of my my third place. So what you're telling me is you're a natural talent. <laughs> I was, damn it. <laughs> I well, should have pursued it more. <laughs> well, hey, Financial Services is glad that you uh, gave up your budding um, ice skating career, I think right? anyone who's been to Disney on ice is very glad I did it too. I'd be like, come on, Pluto. I'd be like <laughs> Mickey Mouse or something oh i love it well yeah. okay well that is definitely something i haven't googled so far okay. so thank you for that you're welcome um i guess on the scope of your career mm. so i am interested because one thing i did uh read up about you and i hope i'm right in this is that you're actually a qualified youth worker and trauma mm. counselor yes so 
I'm very interested to understand your journey and how did you pivot into financial services or what was that journey like and how did you land in, in, in the world of yeah. advice? So let me start by saying in school, I hated economics. I absolutely hated economics and maths because the teachers weren't my favorite teachers in those two subjects. Biology I loved. I loved history. Phenomenal. Loved history. So when I went to university, I, I chose youth work because a few of my friends were studying it and we all went went through, a like a, I guess, a, a college. Um, it, it had a very religious undertone so it was very much working at schools with with youth work um and and developing leaders and and that sort of thing counseling um I did that for three years and then realized I don't actually like teenagers (laughs) (laughs) I didn't find it rewarding enough to work in in that environment so Mm. I I chose something else I I did my certificate in, in trauma counseling just as an extra um as a you know I guess a, a, an extra something that I could do and, and offer to 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 youth, and then yeah. I went traveling, trying to find myself as you do, as you do. Yes, growing growing up in South Africa, a lot of people want to do the you know gap year or, or travel, and so I saved up a lot of money, went to Europe on a working holiday visa, loved it, did live in care work, which paid really well. It was really shitty work. Oh. You've you've got to you, and I loved the people I worked with, so I chose my clients really well. I didn't do any any nasty work, but I did I did a lot of old older people looking after them doing their shopping doing their cooking but it was really tough work. So you worked for a week full time on on call all the time. Wow. And then you can be off for a week or or keep working. So I did that quite a lot to pay off uni um and pay off pay off some debts. Um traveled a bit, got to know a lot of people, met an Aussie as you do mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. in London. Um, went to South Africa for three months to travel around there and just see what it was like if we could live there. Yep. Then did the same in um, Sydney. And then I fell in love with Sydney. It's beautiful. After living in London for almost two years, um, Sydney is beautiful. The people were lovely. The harbour was clean. There was, wa- there was water everywhere. I'm very much, I love water. Yep. There was green everywhere. It was safe. It was phenomenal. So he got offered a really good job here. Um, we stayed. Um, I started, I, I got a long-term visa so that I could stay and work. And then I started looking for my career where I can, something I could sink my teeth into. I explored the youth work thing. Um, I actually sent my CV out to youth off the streets. Okay. Um, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to give this another go. This is where my, my history, you know, my background, my education is. Yeah, sure. I'm going to give this another go. Thank goodness they didn't reply to my application. <laughs> Sorry, Dr. What is it, Father O'Brien? I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was very annoyed at the time, but I'm very happy they didn't because I would not have been happy in that line of work. Um, then I, I, I was shortlisted for two jobs. One was as a PA in a publishing magazine, in a publishing company. Now, I love the idea of going into publishing. I've always loved writing. Um, I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to get into magazine publishing and and books and stuff so being a PA was pretty good considering I've never had PA um, the CEO was hiring on attitude and on willingness to work and you know can do attitude so he gave me the the job and then at the same time I um, applied for an advisor's assistant at a financial planning firm and I thought you know I hate finance I don't think I want to be in finance but I'm going to give this a go as well. And why don't, why don't I have the interview and see how it goes? And he was phenomenal. He was like, Antoinette, I know you've got 
this other job offer, but if you're still a PA in two years, I'm going to be very angry with you because you can be so much more. I'm like, oh, thank you. So he really believed in me. And I think that meant a lot to me at the time, trying to find my, I guess, my fit. Yeah, your, your place More in the place. professional world. Absolutely. And, and I'm very much, I need to make a difference where I am. If I'm not making a difference, or if I don't feel wanted, yep. or that I'm really making a difference where I am, then it's not for me. If I'm just going through them, I can't ever just go through the motions of something. Yep. So I I went for that one, even though the pay was a little bit lower but mm-hmm. within six months I earned more than I did at the other place because I proved myself I worked my butt off um he was a really good mentor for many many years um was in that company for 14 years um and I worked from advisor's assistant through to CFP advisor seeing wow. clients and, and bringing in clients so it was a phenomenal experience that's how I very long story I'm so sorry no I love <laughs> a I love roundabout way yeah but I yeah. think I always I was sad for many many years that I studied youth work and, and things and you know I'm not doing it I should have studied economics I should have done this I should have done that but I use that in my job every single day mm-hmm. and I think the clients see that because I I have a an approach that's a little bit different and even even you know he said that at the time he's like Antonia you've got a real gentle touch with clients to be able to relate to them so well yes and that empathy is really important in financial planning the rest you can learn you know, you outsource, you learn, you educate yourself on the on their technical stuff, and and that comes with experience. Mm-hmm. But that human connection—that's yes. not something that's easily learned. And the emotional intelligence, like I see conversations around, and we've you know recently kicked off the behavioral finance topic on the platform, yeah. And the 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 the, the discussions that are sparked around, yeah, all this the psychology of things and the emotional intelligence with clients and you know half the time you're not even I mean a lot of the time you're not just wearing an advisor hat you're wearing a psychologist hat or just a friend hat just you're a shoulder for them to lean on to cry on and they don't teach you that in university unless you kind of do the psychology sort of subjects but if you do the straight technical stuff like you said, you can learn that, yeah. but the having that high EQ yeah. um, to get on the same level with your clients to meet them where they're at, I yeah. feel like even though you didn't do economics or mm. those sorts of subjects, I feel like the experiences you've had would play a big role in shaping yeah. how you deal with clients yeah. and who your clientele is. So who yes. is your clientele? Yeah, so my clientele, the people I absolutely love working with is um, people who've gone through some big life change lost a lost a spouse um divorce through divorce or death um i feel that i can really hold their hand through that process i feel that they do need financial advice but at their own pace those are the clients i i really love working with they they have gone through the biggest life event in their life and now they need to rebuild and focus on other things so those are the clients i love working with um i also love working with couples where um, because I'm a, I'm a female, obviously, um, I love working with other females to be able to, I, I can relate really well to them. And yep. I want to make sure that women get it. The reason why I say that's so important is my mom raised me, um, single, single mom for many, many years and her generation, she's in her late seventies. Um, her generation was never educated on financial literacy. They were never told how important it is to understand money and to save for the future and to plan retirement through and to how to budget and so she had to learn all all of that on the fly so when she my dad separated 
you know, it was really tough. She lived paycheck to paycheck. Mm. Um, and I think she made a lot of choices. Now looking back, she knows possibly wrong choices, but choices that meant that she didn't plan ahead because she didn't know how. Yeah. And she didn't know the importance of planning ahead. She, she, you know, we never really went hungry. Mm -hmm. We didn't have a lot at all, but we, we never really went hungry. We didn't have full cupboards either. Um, but I think that taught me the importance of women these days, my generation and older generations, to be able to manage their own finances finances confidently. Yep. To be able to get it. Yeah. And to be actively involved in it. So if you're part of a couple, both parties need to know what you're doing, mm -hmm. know why you're doing it, and get involved. It doesn't mean both parties have to actively sit there and make decisions. If you want to pass that on to to one of the couple, one of the parties, go for it. But both need to know why we're doing it. Because if you suddenly have to manage, male or female, you suddenly have to manage things, you need to be able to know why do you have a self-managed super fund? Why do you have a family trust? Why is this debt structured that way? What is interest only, you know? Why is superannuation there? Is it equal between the two of us? So with your process, this is just sparking a lot of questions in my mind. <laughs> I would love to understand a bit more of the the uh, the timing, I suppose, of when you bring clients on. It sounds like there's a, a, a client education is a really big piece of your yeah, offering. So definitely. is it just a case of, um, you know, clients come through, they sign up, is it SOA and then education or do you flip it around? Because it's so interesting talking to advisors um, and, and their different processes and the lead yeah. time from when they have that initial meeting to the strategy, to the SOA presentation. And it's, yeah, the, the, the everyone's style is very different, yeah. but it sounds like there's quite a lead time yes. between when clients first come in to see you and SOA. So I'm just keen to understand that a bit more. Yeah. It, to be honest, it's one of my biggest frustration points is that the lead time is so long, but I'm okay with that because the education piece can't happen later. Yeah. You can't, sign them on and then say, oh, so let's, ex I'm going to explain to you what we did here. I mean, that's such a used car salesman kind of thing. Isn't it the, um, it's the, you know, I, I run into you or I meet you, mm. um, on the street and it's like, Hey, we should get married <laughs> and then we'll work it all out later. Like, and sure, exactly. maybe that does happen some, like that. I'm, you know, I'm sure that has happened in arranged marriages. World. Sure. Exactly. But <laughs> like, generally speaking, that's yeah. like, you need to build the relationship. Yes. You need trust. You need to go on a second date. 100%. You need to get to understand the person and, and the advice process to me, like that, just makes so much sense yeah and yeah. yet why is that such a surprise yeah or and, why is that not happening as and much? it's one of the reasons it's truly is one of the reasons why i'm happy that i'm self-employed now because i can set that process yes when i'm an employee you kind of have to work with the process they have and you have to work with timelines and targets and all these things and yes i'm i've got some self-imposed you know goals i need to meet but if a client's not ready to sign i'm going to have another meeting if a client's, if I feel any hesitation in a client, I'm like, let's, let's wait a week. Let's think about it. Go home and read this. Call me if you have any questions, you know, that sort of thing. So I'm very much, and I always had extra meetings initially, fact-finding meetings to say, this is your situation. I understand it now. Year is how I understand it. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Great. So tell me what you understand. You say when you invest in ETFs, tell me what you understand of ETFs in your own words. And if they can't do it, then we're going to take a step back and we're really going to look at what that investment vehicle means and, and, and their understanding of it before I'm going to go, okay, great. Let's do a wrap fund then. And here's your investment portfolio because that's just pushy. And I think if you get clients on that emotional level, when 
when it just all clicks into place and they get it, mm-hmm. they'll be clients for life. Yes. So I'm okay with the longer process and longer lead time. I think my husband would like me to <laughs> have a shorter <laughs> lead time and more revenue coming in. But I'm okay with that because it means that I'm not pushy for my clients. Um, some, sometimes it doesn't even convert into an actual client. It just means that they're not ready to then, proceed. Yep. Or they're in six months. We just ran into someone. He, he wasn't ready six months ago. Yep. He's ready now. Um, we just ran into someone who me give you some context in the in the coffee room. Um, and you know, we're having a coffee after this. And he's one of those clients who wasn't ready six months ago. Yeah. Loved what I did, loved, but he just wasn't ready to proceed. So now he's ready. So now we're going to commence the, the process again. So what's happened in, in these last six months? Was it giving him tools or resources or things to Correct. go and read up on? Yes. And for him budgeting. to do a bit of DIY? Yeah. Okay, budgeting. It, all, it all comes down to budgeting, totally. doesn't it? So often... They want to, and we, we, we work through some tips and tricks on, on, on the budgeting. Yep. Um, and then they came back and they're, okay, we're ready. And they had to sort out some, some other timing issues with personal life and work and stuff as well. So combination of all of that. But So what does your budgeting education piece look like? Like this is a cash flow is a huge topic yes. amongst XYs. Everyone, yeah. a, lot of, a lot are already doing it. Some mm. are doing, like a lot are already doing a fantastic job. But yeah. there's so many who want to either refine their process or yeah. they don't actually have a solid process as sort of part of their value prop. So yeah. walk me through it. What does, it, what does um, that look like for I'll you? I'll actually tell you what it looked like four months ago. Perfect. Versus what it looking like in the last two weeks. Yes. I used to send client a budget tool. So fill it in, go through your statements. It took them sometimes months to get that budget thing. Sometimes I would never hear back from them. I had a Zoom meeting with a client last night and I said, listen, this is what I used to do. And they would go running and they would cry in the corner in the fetal position and think of furry penguins and hate me because this is such a tedious, long process. And I'm like, garbage in, garbage out. You've got to get this process right for me. Tell me what you're spending money on now and then we can come back. So now I'm going to use my prosperity. Okay. I need to be able to dig into their bank accounts, have accurate cash flow tools to be able to say, this is what you spend your money on now. And they can then be surprised about it all. But I need to be able to do the work. And I feel like that would happen quite often. I remember Adele Martin, shout out Adele, (laughs) um, posting saying she tracks her clients cash flow like almost to the dollar. Yes. And it's how many times if you get them to self uh, uh, complete a budget yeah. and it's like, cool. All right. How much do you spend on, um, you know, gifts or, or clothing or whatever? Oh, you know, $200 a month. Okay. We've been tracking this for a few months now and it's actually 600, $700. So, yeah. or you've told me this, that you save this much per week and yet here we are. And yeah. it's a, a third of what you've told me. So, and and half the time I don't even know that it's them that they're unaware of it mm. because that's they're, they're not you know so zoned in on on tracking that themselves that yeah it's a shock to them when they see that and yes. then I guess they go through all the most the, the emotions of oh my god I'm crap like at mm. you know budgeting or saving mm. my money so then that that's that there's that whole spiral right there yeah yeah absolutely so that's I signed up in January and I'm just now I guess customizing the reports, making sure everything makes sense yep. and then rolling it out to my clients. So it's, it's, I think going to be a game changer with the way that I can help my clients from a cash flow point of view. Yep. Five out of 10 clients, six out of 10 clients at the moment just needs cash flow advice. Wow. And for them to, and, and for me to be able to say, listen, 
here's a budget, let's talk about money. Mm -hmm. And for me to say, hey, here's what you spend your money on. Here's a, you know, 10 page cash flow report on what you spend your money, really spend your money on everything that comes out. That is so powerful. And that's something I can say actually makes a difference to clients and we'll be able to say in two, two weeks, two years, two months, whatever, this is where we're going to be and actually put in a process to get you there. So I'm very excited about that. I can't wait to have a follow-up um, <laughs> podcast recording with you in another, say, two years' time mm. and look back at yeah all the people you're starting out with right now yes. and go, cool, so the people we were talking about two years ago, where are they now? Like, yeah. Let's have a look at that journey. So oh, excellent. Pencil this one in for two years' time. I want I'll make to separate file it. notes just on this topic for you. So just back <laughs> to the client education piece, what sort of ratio of your clients um, want to – like there's there's the clients who just want you to do everything for them. Yeah. They're happy to totally outsource it and it's just you get it done for me. Yeah. And there's those who really want to be brought on the journey. Yeah. And I just my mind just went to a post in the platform around um, – I think it was Ann Taylor in Melbourne talking about bringing them in to sort of uh, – not, not assist but – bring them in the journey for the strategy yeah um so yeah how many of your clients are really they they want to be taught they want to learn they want to be brought on the journey what what kind of ratio none none (laughs) no all my clients are very happy to say here's my current situation yep tell me what to do so i have to tell them i'm not going to tell you what to do i'm going to give you options you're going to help me on this journey yeah all of them just want to be told what to do i'm coming to an advisor to be led so it is a big step for them to go oh what do you mean i need to be involved in this i'm like yeah yeah <laughs> here's the lonsec report we're going to go through them so that you can actually understand you're you're in a wrap fund you've got 10 20 investments let's go through what that actually means do so you, do you get much pushback from them um sometimes they you can see their eyes glaze glaze over and their little hamster is very tired and 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 off the off the wheel but no most of the time you say okay we're going to take baby steps. Here's the highlights of the Lonsec report, yeah. um, Morningstar report, whatever. And here's some highlights on um, what we're doing and why we're doing it and a little bit of background about the fund managers. So you really have to take them in baby steps. Um, one client who did such a phenomenal journey is um, an older, older client who came with an inheritance is married, but she just wanted a, a separate advice on this inheritance. And we, we put it in place just before June. So she could make a super contribution. And then in July, we did more so that she could add like $400,000 into super, you know, very quickly um, to get the money into super and then retire. So it was really timely advice. But she came to us absolutely like, here's the money, literally take it. I'm like, no, I can't actually literally take it. She's like, oh, what do you mean you can't? I'm like, okay. And then you really have to explain the process. Two, two years later, this, this woman was reading something in, new, in the newspaper about BHP and an announcement that they made or the new development or something. She's like, my super is in BHP. This happened. This is going to be good for these reasons. I'm like, <gasps> I love this because that journey was all about her getting involved and her getting actively interested in her portfolio and in world events that affect her portfolio. It was such a good journey. And that is why I love the education piece because it's so important for clients to get it and to look around like coronavirus and, and, you know, the markets that plunged yesterday to really look around it and what that means. Like clients calling you up and say, listen, I've got some money in cash. Is now a good time to buy. 
that is a much better conversation to have than I need to get out of all my shares. Yes. And it's that, um, you know, the confidence piece. So, you know, you're not going to have 10 or however many phone calls from clients going, oh my God, I need to get out. I need to get out Mm. because you've brought them on the journey. They understand, hey, the market rise, falls, rise, falls. So they've got that, that, um, yeah, that confidence in Mm. knowing that, hey, this is a long, long play. And it's, if anything, that's driving efficiency for you because you're not having 10 individual conversations Absolutely. trying to calm them down yeah. to educate them <laughs> there and then when they're when they're almost like they're in that knee-jerk reaction. Yeah. Like they're so reactive in that, that they're not in the mindset to properly listen. So yeah. if you educate them early on, by the time, you know, like we're seeing now mm. with everything going on with corona and, and the share market – they're they're okay. They're mm. they're not they're not freaking out. They're not banging yeah. down your door, being like, "Oh my god, get me out!" Absolutely. So that's in- wow. I love that. What a great story. Yeah, it's so yeah. powerful. Now I do know that that's a process, and it, it takes time to yep. get clients there. But if you invest the time early on in your relationship, and the thing is, because my business started on the first of December, I can do that. Mm-hmm. I have the time now to do that. But if you take your top ten, top twenty clients, and you really invest the time start over and have that education piece right off the off the front Mm -hmm. and literally just tell bring them in and ask them what are we doing for you you tell me tell me work it out on a flow chart or or draw it on the whiteboard i know xy's love whiteboards i do love a whiteboard myself (laughs) um so you know if they visual let them draw it out but talk me through the strategy and just then fill in the gaps with where they they're missing it but if they if they can't even do that then you really need to have your work cut out for you. Totally. Now, you just said something that we haven't actually touched on yet, but I would love to spend a little bit of time on, is that you just said you launched your business in December. Yes. So one would argue that this current environment, and I'm not arguing this, but it's been brought to my attention from many other people uh, questioning you know, in this current environment, state of the industry is now the time to be starting a business. And the reason I say that is because I actually had a conversation with an advisor just the other day, and I want to use this as a quick example. Yeah. So I received a phone call from an advisor and they reached out to me and they sort of said, Em, you know, I I really wanted to have a chat to you. Um, I reached out because I know you seem to be one of the most connected people in financial services at the moment. Um, so I thought you were the best person to, to, to fire off some questions to. And they had been really considering wanting to go out on their own recently. And their question to me was, in this environment, is, is anyone actually starting businesses? Like, is anyone really doing it? And in that moment, it totally put things into perspective for me. And I had to take my XY hat off mm. because I... And like we were talking about this before we jumped jumped on air and went live that I am so – I have this kind of bird's eye view. I, am, I, I have always said I consider myself the lucky one who gets this bird's eye view of all the amazing conversations and discussions that go on within the, you know, XY umbrella but also kind of on, on the external of that as well. And so I'm fortunate because I, I see how optimistic advisors are. I see advisors who are doing some incredible and innovative and progressive things in their business. And I'm also also seeing advisors who are taking the leap and going out on their own. But what I realized is that when you are a solo advisor, or even if you're in a small to medium practice, it's really easy to be in a bit of a bubble, I suppose. And, you know, with all the negative media and, and, and 
articles and things like that it's yeah. I can I can t- I totally get it it's really hard to drown out the noise yeah so when they asked me this question I thought oh my goodness and I spent the next five ten minutes saying you know what I can already rattle off five to ten people right here right now individual names yeah. of people who have already gone on gone out on their own yeah. who are about to go out on their own um I can put you in touch with you know people to have these conversations with but like I promise you this it, it people people are still starting businesses and people are still so unbelievably optimistic about the future of advice um i with no doubt we are in this crazy transitional period and i 100% appreciate that advisors are are really doing it tough at the moment but i truly believe that if, by working together maintaining that sort of glass half full approach uh, you know and those high levels of collaboration those who can weather the storm for the next couple of years yeah. are going to come out the other side bigger, better, and stronger than ever. Yeah. And at the end of that conversation, um, this particular advisor was just so grateful, I suppose, to, 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 and thankful that they had, they got some validation. So I'm talking nice. to someone right now who's just <laughs> launched a business. So one of those 10. <laughs> yep. So this is, this is, this is for the advisor who I spoke to the other day and to anyone else out there. If you are an advisor who, is thinking about going out on your own or taking the leap. Um, and Antoinette, tell mm, me. Yes. You're, 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 you're growing, you're operating a business in an arguably adverse environment. So <laughs> how is it going? Um, it is going really well because I know my why. If you do not know your why, starting a business is doomed to fail. I always knew my why. I just didn't know my how. So a little bit of background on on how it all happened. Sure. Um, I left the company I was in for 14 years in May last year, um, took a few months off and then started a new role at a company. Um, just didn't work out for many reasons. Role was made redundant and stopped working there with two weeks notice. So it happened all around like end of November. No one hires in December. No one hires in January. So I thought, you know what, I could absolutely dive back in and into another role. I think I'm highly employable. I can do it. No problem. Or I know my why. I know why I'm doing this. Why don't I give this a go myself? I went on a really good um, three-day workshop with Slipstream Coaching. Slipstream Coaching is phenomenal. Sharon McClaffey. Sharon is one of my favorite people. She's just like She's on fire. She is so passionate about what she does and to help businesses. Doesn't she radiate energy? She was our MC at our uh, last Brisbane event and yeah. just tore the house Radiates down. energy. That is yep. exactly Sharon. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Phenomenal. And that's her strength. Yep. So she, all, she, she always says, lean into your strengths and build a business from there. So I, I went on this workshop to find, and I was, you know, I you have to stand up and introduce yourself and everybody's like, you know, I really need to find my why. And I'm like, I, st- I stood up, I'm like, and I started crying because I'm, I'm such an emotional person. I love crying. <laughs> I'm surprised I haven't cried yet. I love it. But um, like I'm emotional when I get really passionate about something, when I get really frustrated about yes. something, I cry. So, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, bring it on. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. So I stood up, a room full of people and cried. And I said, listen, I know my why. I'm so freaking passionate about it. I know what I want to build. I just don't know how to do it. Because I usually give advice to people. I don't do business planning. I don't, you know, really advise 
um, small businesses. I help with the, the big strategic stuff with accountants and stuff, but I don't do the small business stuff. So setting up zero, you know, websites, that sort of thing is new to me. That's outside my comfort zone. So they really helped me with some structure and a business plan and some goals. Um, so I went away from that three-day thing knowing what I wanted to do and how I wanted to build this business. Um, met a, an amazing marketing guy um, who built my logo and brand and website in five days. Wow. Wow, I know. Because, I re- again, I really – I gave him all the content like in two hours because I knew my why so I could yeah. articulate it really well. And I knew which clients I wanted to – to, to reach, I, I wanted a simple website just for, for people to learn more about me and what I do. Sure. Um, and that all came easy. The hard bit is licensee stuff. That is tricky because finding the right home that's going to support you and your business in this environment is has been super tricky. It's very expensive. Licensee fees are very expensive. Do you go the self-license route? So that's actually taken a lot more of my time than working with the clients that I love working with and, and finding revenue, finding business has been a, the easy bit for me. Mm-hmm. Finding the right licensee in the right home, that's been tricky for me because it's such an important part of your business. Absolutely. Um, it's a massive cost. It's your biggest cost if, you know, rent maybe, but it's it's really huge. So in the current environment, I wish licensees would be more supportive. I think I found an amazing one that, yep. that I'm moving to soon. Um, watch the space. Um, so I think that has been the hardest and I wish that licensees made it easier for us. So what to you and, and every advisor, every practice is different. And this is the thing people will jump onto X, Y and say, guys, I'm looking for any feedback. What's, what are the best licensees? And it's like, okay. Um, you know, how long's a piece of string? Yeah. Like there is no one size fits all because there is no, not every advice practice is, is the same. They're not, yeah. you know, tied from the same brush. So with that in, in mind, it, it then comes down to thinking and considering, okay, what's important to you mm. as a business owner and yeah. an advisor? So what were some of the key, what, what are the important, like what, what, what do you look for in a good fit yeah. for a license? Yeah. So we talked, we talked about, um, house hunting earlier. Mm-hmm. You have to have your, I don't com- compromise on these things. Yep. So your non-negotiables. My non-negotiables are compliance. I need backup on compliance, but I do not need someone standing over me with a stick. I need someone to help me give better advice. That to me is compliance. Um, I need a dealer group that has that focus and culture with all of their advisors, which means we were not going to have bad apples in the barrel. That's going to spoil the barrel. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a good compliant culture, which means the reputation of the licensee is protected. That to me was the most important bit. Other bits were, I don't want to pay $60,000 a year in fees. I think that's ridiculous. For a business that's for know. a business that's brand new, come yep. on, you're killing me. <laughs> so I, I wanted a, a licensee that is affordable mm-hmm. now and into the future, a model that's affordable now in, and into the future. Um, some advisors and I looked at collaborating and and um, starting our own dealer group. Mm-hmm. Um, again, the cost for that once you add licensee support services and and um, software and everything came to be too much for the three or four advisors. Yep. I think something, a model like that would really work if there's six or 10 advisors who do it together, mm-hmm. can hire a GM to be able to manage all of that yep. so that the advisors can just focus on the advice. Get on with the job. Exactly. So mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a big con- convergence of 
of similar groups yep. of advisors who form a co-op or or band and, together to be able to do that. And I feel like that is – I mean, I'm sure it's been going on in the background uh, previously, but I think that's really starting to come to light yep. even more and advisors finding um, each other where they have a real clear alignment in values and ethos. Yes. Um, and then I guess – I mean, that then kind of goes on to – and this is what we were talking about earlier this morning – uh, when we grabbed a coffee, was advisors working together to, sh- uh, I guess, in terms of leveraging their expertise. Yes. So imagine having this sort of small <laughs> boutique uh, co-op <laughs> of advisors where you've got the risk guru, the expert, yes. the, the, the SMSF expert, and this synergy of different expertise of advisors being able to provide their clients with a true, true holistic offering where they know in their heart their advisors are getting the best advice because not every client needs smsf estate planning you know absolutely i mean a cash flow is a a fundamental it's a foundation (laughs) but not not every client needs everything so and and not every advisor can be across every area of advice like yeah you they'd never sleep accounting practices do it solicitors do it why not financial advisors why are we expected to wear every hat and why are we so hard on ourselves to really do that i think know? we're yeah and i think there's uh i mean i'm just kind of thinking sort of i don't know if it's speculation or whatnot but yeah i feel like maybe advisors really do feel like they need to have all the answers yeah like they need to be the expert in everything mm. and i you don't have to no because you you physically can't mm. stay up with every single rule across mm. everything you yeah. still need to live your life you still yeah. need to you know, enjoy time with family and, and for yes. your own well-being and yes. whatnot. So, you know, I know advisors who are absolute go-getters in insurance, mm. like SM, like across these different these different areas, and they mm. absolutely nail it. And so they 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 know what they they're great at, they're mm. an expert at, an absolute yep. expert. And when they have advice, when they have their clients who need uh, you know specialist help in other areas, they're referring out. Yeah. And it's not a case – and there's there's no question around, oh, my God, are they going to poach my client? Like there's none of that. Yeah. It's, hey, I know my stuff, yeah. but I don't I don't know everything. But you know those areas that I – yeah, I either maybe they're making the choice to not really um, become the expert in that field because that's not their thing. That's not yeah. their jam. So, hey, go and see X, Y, Z because yeah. this is their space. Yeah. And so you are making sure that your client is getting looked after – the best advice yeah and the advisors are totally uh honing in on on their expertise and i love that it it just makes sense like it it makes sense because it is in the client's best interest there's a collaboration between professionals and there shouldn't be a what am i getting out of it you're getting it out of it that your client's looked after and that your client appreciates that you're sending them somewhere to be looked after Exactly. That's got to count for something. Oh, I I agree. I agree. <laughs> I agree, hundred percent. I um, yeah. It's it's really interesting to see all these conversations coming to light, and and the the whole notion of collaboration and mm. not keeping your cl- cards close to your chest and saying, mm. "Hey, I know some stuff. Mm. There's things that I know that you don't know, but there's sure as hell things that you know that I don't know. So mm. let's." Let's mm. let's share this. Let's collaborate. Like yeah. I honestly think the 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 model of not sharing is on its way out. And if it is sticking around, it's not going to be around for longer. Yeah. Like it's the 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 adapt or die notion. Yeah. So, well, I think X Y network and the advisors part of it is certainly 
doing their bit to make that a reality. Yes, I think so. And and like again, I said this earlier, but I still get blown away at how open and willing to share and supportive everyone is. Mm. Like it is just so amazing to watch the level of of sharing and collaboration that goes on yeah. and just being that rising tide helping each other and it's yeah and and even with you know now branching out into the international uh, communities on xy because mm. the amount of curops uk pension questions yes. kiwi super and I'm, i mean i'm only just grazing the surface but now having advisors from these areas in mm. in xy who mm. can give straight up answers yeah. from across the seas yeah. and being able to get those quick answers to those tricky or sticky questions yeah. is so powerful it's very powerful i've got a few clients in in um, london at the moment who's going to go through that so i can't wait for them to have their ducks in a row so I can say I have the answers not because I have the answers but because I got them on XY and I know where to get the I answers I know from. where to get the answers Conf- from. <laughs> confident answers that yeah 100% um, and it's been such a pleasure to have you on here thank you thank for you. sharing your experiences and your stories I know you know one thing that advisors love more than ever or just you know everyone in xy is just being able to hear what others are up to in their businesses yeah. and i mean you're a you're a one one woman um, <laughs> one woman show so you know it's it's nice to be able to uncover more of these stories and share 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 the experiences and and kind of give that level of validation to others yeah. out there listening thank you so much Anne. more coffee <laughs>